what does a bottle of water go for when you buy them in bulk? Two fifty, but the bottle itself is how much? Nine cents? Eight cents? If you if you can get a thirty two pack for two ninety nine, I mean, aren't you under a aren't you, aren't you under a dime? You know, and then and this is crazy. Hang on one second. This is crazy, but they tell me that you can get this same stuff for free. <laughs> I don't believe them. But they say that, like, it's basically the same as the stuff that you can find in your tap. Isn't that crazy? What, 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 do, you do, what do you do when there's an abundance of a thing, right? And then, and then what do you do when there's a lack of a thing? And could it be that both an abundance and a scarcity have the same purpose? Could it be that they're both put... I don't want to get ahead of myself. I invite you to turn in the Bibles this morning. It's, uh, it's the story of the Exodus that we're following along. We're so- searching for something more. We're, we're reading the story of God in this, in this, in this, in this, this, uh, this, this travel and this journey with the people of God out of slavery and into freedom, and we're searching for something more. And we finally crossed over the Red Sea, and we find ourselves on the other side, and, uh, and here we are in Exodus chapter 15. It's the next chapter in our studies, and it, uh, and it says this. So they're standing on the other side, and they've got in the rearview mirror, uh, they've, got, they've got the waters that have covered over the, uh, the Egyptian army, and Pharaoh uh, presumably is on the other side of the water, and it says, Then Moses had Israel leave the Reed Sea, also known as the Red Sea, interchangeable words, and go out into the sure desert. They traveled for three days in the desert and found no water. When they came to Marah, they couldn't drink Marah's water because it was bitter. That's why they called it Marah. And if you notice down in the uh, in, in the printed Bibles that you have with you, down in the corner, it uh, it gives an explanation for that uh, for that ancient Hebrew word. And the word Marah means what? What does it mean? Bitter. Yeah. Proving that they were uh, that they were about as uh, uh, creative in naming places as the rest of us. Hey, the water here is bitter. We should call this place bitter. <laughs> it says the people complained against Moses. What will we drink? This is the word of God for we the people of God and we say together, thanks be to God. Here's the word, here's the word. Why does it have to be so hard? Why does it have to be so hard? Why, Why can't anything be easier? Why? You tell me, why does it have to be so hard? Why does it? And here's the thing. Those aren't my words. I copied that down when I was overhearing you. Because y'all have said the same thing. At one point or another, the question that we all ask on the back row is, why has it got to be so hard? Because it's supposed to be easier. I mean, if you want, just, just for a second, just take your shoulders and just say 
easier. Just let them relax. And then, and then of all things, we're in church. So let's get real clear on this. We're in church. And when we, when we, the people of God, you know, these church people, when we call on God to intervene, it's definitely supposed to be easier. God's supposed to make a way. It's supposed to be easier. Why does it always got to be so hard is exactly the question that the people of God are asking. Because they were slaves a couple weeks ago. And then the plagues came. And then the Passover that was devastating. And then, and then they run, they flee for their lives, only to get all the way right up, trapped in between the sea and the army, and God makes a way, and they're standing on the other side. Why has it got to be so hard, is the question. We were slaves, and now we're free. But, now hang on for a second. What if it's possible that they had been freed from Pharaoh, but were still slaves, still, hang on, possessed. They were still possessed by this lie that said it's supposed to be easy. When I was, when I was a kid growing up, on, on, my, on my parents' bookshelf, my parents' bookshelf was this book, and I, I got a copy in there, and I didn't bring it in, you know, because that'd be a prop, and I wouldn't want to do that. Um, and I ended up having the chance to read the book when I was in college, but I remember it as a, at an early age. The name of the book, uh, written by M. Scott Peck, is The Road Less Traveled. The Road Less Traveled. It was written about about 79, I think, um, it was a New York Times bestseller, I think for a decade, still one of the all-time best-selling books of all time. Uh, Scott Peck, who's passed away now, he was, he was a Christian, but he also was in all kind of other stuff. And so, so the, the book is full of good stuff with a few crazy things in between. But I tell you what, still to this day, of all the books I've ever read, the first hundred pages of Scott Peck's book, The Road Less Travel, is as clear and concise an understanding of the human condition as you can find anywhere outside of the Holy Scriptures. It's really, really good. And, and, and if you want to boil it down even more to, to something that would fit on a Sunday morning, the first paragraph of the first hundred pages is phenomenal. I got it right here. This is, what, this is how it opens. Life is difficult, he writes. This is a great truth. One of the greatest truths. It is a great truth because once we truly see this truth, we transcend it. Once we truly know that life is difficult, once we truly understand and accept it, then life is no longer difficult. Because once it is accepted, the fact that life is difficult no longer matters. But don't take his word for it. John chapter 16, verse 33. I've said these things to you so that you will have peace in me. In the world you have... What is it supposed to say? I know what it says up there. What is it supposed to say? Trouble. In this world, you will have, repeat after me, trouble. In this world, you will have trouble. 
but take heart. I don't care what the CEB says. I have overcome the world. I know that verse. You know that verse. That's Jesus talking. And if, and if, you, need to, if you need to close your eyes, if you, need to, if you need to adjust your hearing so that you don't hear my voice, so that you're not reading some quote from some book 40 years ago, if, if, if you need to adjust whatever you need to adjust from your senses to hear this, Jesus is making it clear. In this world, you will have trouble and distress and problems. But be encouraged. I have overcome the world. This, this is the truth despite how much, we, how much energy we exert trying to overcome it. If, we could, if, you could, if you could put some kind of measuring device to capture the energy we spend in, in trying to make things easier, it, it'd break the device. How much, how much money do we spend trying to make things easier? How many commercials have we watched that promise that if you do this, then things will be easier. Your life will be better. What about our prayers? What about our prayers? How how much of our prayer life is oriented towards, Lord, I need this to be easier i mean the evidence of that in my life is 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 my grumbling just listen to me as i as i fuss about politicians or the or the other party or or the bishops some far away or somebody else that's getting in the way of my life being easier and i'm fussing about it and I'm, and, I'm, and I'm spending prayers on it, and I'm spending money on it, and I'm, and I'm spending my energy on it. But where in the Scriptures does it say that we're, that we're to be stewards in such a way that we invest for things to be easier? Because, because I believe that growing up is, is growing to understand that it's, that it's not about solving problems. That maturity in faith is about seeking His presence. Because the problems persist. If we, if, if we view life as some series of of, of dominoes we have to knock down one by one, we're going to be sorely disappointed. Because the world can continue to prop them up in front of us. But if we were to change our perspective, and, and, if, and, if, and if I were to grow up to understand that it's not about solving problems, but seeking His presence, and not only in my life, but in, but in other people's lives too, Well, this changes everything. 
What if, what if I got past the words, I'll be praying for you, and then running away, to being a person whose, whose very presence is this, is, this, is this prayerful refuge for those in need. See, here's the thing. God, God likes it when we pray for each other. But God, God rises up and calls it blessed when we, when we offer the presence of God to each other. When we get past prayers being, oh, may that problem be solved for you, to, oh, may we both understand that that abundance or scarcity or whatever thing that life throws at us has the same purpose, and that is to push us into trusting Him more. It's all pushing us that we would trust Him more. The abundance or the scarcity and the blessing and the problem pushing us to trust Him more. Could could it be could it be that the, that the modern day slavery of the middle class of America has convinced us of the lie that it's supposed to be easy? That deli- divine deliverance means an elimination of all of our problems? Because that's not in here. But God is, God is faithful. The story continues. Exodus, Exodus 15, the very next verse. It says, Moses cried out to the Lord, and the Lord pointed out a tree to him. This is, this is there, and, and they, they're at the waters of Marah, and they can't drink it because it's bitter. It says, Moses threw it into the water, and the water became sweet. The Lord made a regulation and a ruling there, and he tested them. The Lord said, if you are careful to obey the Lord your God, do what God thinks is right. Pay attention to his commandments and keep all of his regulations. Then I won't bring on you any of the diseases that I brought on the Egyptians. I am the Lord who heals you. And it says they traveled and came to Elam, where there were 12 springs of water and 70 palm trees. And they camped there 
by the water. I, I, I love the fact that this, that this story would have happened, this, 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 this historical story would have happened a thousand years before they wrote it down, and yet over a thousand years' time, from one generation to another, they're still telling the story, and you won't believe it. We cried out, and he, and he, and he solved the water here, and the next place we went to, after we had been so thirsty, there weren't just like three springs, there weren't just like seven springs, there were 12 springs, and around them, we counted. 70 palm trees. Because he's for us. But not in some kind of false way that that eliminates all our troubles. He's for us because all of it is sought to push us to trust him more. Oh, that my life would be an exodus out of the slavery, out of the oppression and the bondage that has lied to me, that has tried to take possession of my heart and told me somehow it's all supposed to be easier and that crying out to God and God delivering me is supposed to be easier. And I read a a, a lot of this. I credit J.D. Walt, this this Christian writer out of Asbury. I I, I love his stuff. He, he, He says, he says, I'm not, sure, I'm not sure the people of this story wanted to be delivered as much as they wanted slavery to just be not so bad. Could, could, could it be that, that, that we've made the same kind of bargains? Lord, Lord you don't have to change it all, but just, but just make, it, make it not so bad. When he says, no, I want to deliver you. But it's going to require. Here we go again. Trust. Let's pray. Oh, Lord. Today, the problem is water. And I've read ahead, and I already know that next week the problem is going to be food. And the next week it's going to be something else and something else. Because the problems persist. But you, Lord, help me. Help me to be to be a person who is past the solving of problems. And who's occupied with seeking your presence. This is our prayer. We offer it in the name of your Son, Jesus. Amen. Amen.